0: The most memorable music videos come from artists who have a seemingly limitless budget for sets, dancers, cameras, and editing.
1: So there probably isn't any way that you can edit music videos for yourself then, right?
2: You can make one for zero dollars, honestly. Make a music video on your iPhone, you're like, I've never edited a music video, I don't know what to do. You could try what I did and just make a music video with a, a friend.
1: Jordan Orm is a music video editor who has worked with Justin Bieber, Post Malone, YG, basically your entire Spotify playlist. Wow.
0: And he's also the host of this podcast, so it was really interesting to flip the script and interview him.
1: We love you, Jordan. Jordan shares his philosophy on music video editing and gives actionable advice that anyone can use whether they're making their first music video or their 50th.
2: You need to make verse two different and weird in some way. If you're like, I want to be a music video editor and that's it. That's all I want to do. You can totally do it and make an amazing living doing it. And so go for it.
0: The Editing Podcast is brought to you by Riverside. It is the best remote video recording tool for podcasts. You can find out more about them later.
1: Jordan, I would love if you could break down one of your music videos and tell us all the little choices you made in the edit.
2: Boy, do I have a story for you. Arad is a, a great uh, music video director friend of mine. And he was like, Jordan, I have a problem. I need you to help me. So there's this rapper, YG. We shot a whole music video for him and he hates it. He hates this, this whole music video. He said, I want to reshoot it. And he was like, I just want to shoot like an old rap style video where it's just me on a white background or me on a dark background. And that's it. Literally the next day after that, after they shot it, I drove to set, picked up the hard drive, then went home and started to edit it. And then the next day. I went to YG's house.
1: Is that a normal occurrence? No,
2: this has never happened. You've
1: never gone to an artist's house to edit for them?
2: No. Ara just called me after I started editing it. And was like, hey, YG wants you to come over and just like edit it with him. And I was like, come over? This is a a A A-list celebrity here we're talking. Like, what do you mean come over? And he's like, yeah, you just like go to his house. So he sent me his address. I went to his house, pulled up to the gate. There's like Ferraris and, you know, Rolls Royces all over the place. And I'm like, It's me. And I'm just like this little kid with a hard drive <laughs> and my <laughs> laptop. And I'm just like editing on like on his TV with a laptop next to me. And we just literally sit all day for like eight hours, just him and me. And this is what we came up with. So that was a happy accident. We just put two clips together. He wasn't doing the same dance move, but he had his arms up. And so I was like, oh, I've seen somebody else with their arms up somewhere. So we created a mash cut.
0: Hopping with my smash
2: and it was really important to hold on that shot for a super long time because he was swaggy with it and the whole point of this is it's called swag. swag
1: i did see that little like flicker of something though yeah the transition
2: one of my biggest mantras i just say on the channel over and over again is contrast creates focus and so in any way that you can contrast things, it's usually good. It's usually a good thing. It brings viewers and it draws them into the music video. And so since we have a super long shot, it's great to right after that put insane fast cuts. And the contrast of having a long shot and fast cuts will really bring out how fast fast cuts feel. And so there's some fast cuts to go on the fill of a song, added a little bit of red just to like match his hair. This was another shot that he's like, let's watch it for the whole time because they're walking all the way to the right side of the screen. And then they walk all the way to the left side of the screen. And if you cut, you interrupt that whole effect.
1: I notice in music videos, it's kind of structured like a song sometimes where it's like, A, okay, this is the first verse. We're on this set. B, the second verse. We're on a new set. Yeah. C is the bridge, a yep. third set. Yep. And then finally for the big finale, we're intercutting from yep. all of the sets. Yeah. And that's obviously something that works in music videos. Is it just because it's mimicking the song? It's also, as a writer, it's like mimicking like the sitcom structure, like A plot, B plot, C plot. And in an act three, they all... Merge into one.
2: It's a structure that for sure works. I also took some songwriting classes when I was young, and a huge thing that they focus on is you need to make verse two different and weird in some way. And so that's a huge reason why in verse two, you show something completely different, something completely new than what you normally saw. Throughout the music video, because when you're listening to a song, you have, you know, verse one, then you hear a chorus, you're like, okay, I kind of like this. But at, at that point, you need something fresh. Otherwise, you're gonna get bored. You honestly wanna mimic that exactly with editing. And with this music video, a simple way to do that is just by judging the cutting speed. So a lot of the cuts at the beginning, especially, we decided to hang on a little bit longer. And then once we got to the end, once we're getting to the outro, we just started cutting together everything like crazy. It matches the journey that you get taken on as a listener you get to match that visually. A lot of matching camera movement too. So if somebody's coming at the camera, cutting to another shot where somebody is coming towards the camera.
1: Are you finding these as you go along or were they designed to be that way?
2: So a lot of them are finding as you go along and I added a lot of zooms too in this shot specifically to match her dancing because she was kind of leaning with it. And so we added zooms in to sort of match with that dance. It's just another editing trick to create some more visual interest. And right here we had a lot of reverses. So you can hear that- There's a lot of vocal chops in the song where it's like So I started repeating certain shots or adding reverses where something would happen and then the exact opposite would happen. So he's like reversing his little handkerchief throw. Yeah, that was his favorite part. He's looking cool and smiling. That's what we like to see, baby.
1: So this was um, a huge video, but you have a more indie video that has a special place in your heart. Can we talk about that one too?
2: Heck yeah. So this was shot on 16 millimeter film, which is my favorite medium to shoot. And it's literally a plastic sheet with chemicals on it that react to light.
1: And the takes eventually will run out. You will run out of film.
2: Yeah, they say like, okay, I got like 200 feet of film. And then you have to translate that into how many minutes you have left to shoot. It's actually really fun to shoot with film because you're very specific on what you're going to shoot and what you're going to roll on. Like lots of times you'll do lots of rehearsals before you shoot because you don't want to waste any film, which actually makes it a lot easier on the editor as well, which is another reason why I like film, Because you only get really good stuff. They're not shooting willy-nilly. So every time you cut the film and then start a new shot, when you get it as an editor, it's all like in a giant string out. So you literally get one clip when you're editing film. And between the cuts, usually there's different like lens flares or um, film burns and different flashes that happen when you cut when you're shooting on actual film. And so I used a lot of that to create different quick cuts. So you can see like this is right when they cut. And everything usually gets really blurry right before you cut. And so they literally cut the shot right there. And then this is a new shot that I put in really quick and then that's a cut that's a film burn that's a cut and then you have fire which i cut fire and smoke together because they go together stuff like this just random little clips that are usually not usable i love to use stuff like that i love just like the anticipation you feel when you're standing on the top of the hill with a bunch of skateboards and a bunch of your friends like it creates like this feeling where you're like what's gonna happen like I don't know, it gets you kind of excited. So that's why I loved holding on this, playing the audio. They're just walking a bunch of random kids in animal masks. And I kind of see all the skateboarding also as a dance. So it usually matches the music, like everything they're doing. That was like a nice match cut where one of them was falling, like starting to fall off the skateboard. And then I cut to them falling off on the surfboard. So the way that I edited this, the process was I just Started throwing shots together and started kind of trying to tell the story of the day that they were having. So it generally went from day to night. That was kind of the progression of the story. So we're just telling the story of a bunch of hooligans having a crazy day. But the way I started to put it together was I was just finding match cuts and just like literally having like, okay, here's a match cut, here's a match cut. And I'll just lay them all over my timeline. And then I would try to figure out, okay, how can I start to set up this scene a little bit so I can set up this match cut and then I can cut to another scene. And it was, so it's just a giant dance between all of these different scenes. Number one, telling the story of the day, but the number two, like really making sure those match cuts were hitting. This is one of my favorite ones right here.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So he jumps off the
2: the truck and then he's all of a sudden like in a bowl, but still skateboarding the same direction, kind of the same lens, the same angle. And so everything just feels so smooth.
1: And were these intended to be match cuts or you're just like, okay, so you're finding them.
2: The director literally said to me, just make as many match cuts as possible. And I was like, yes, sir. (laughs) All right, let's do it. And so there's just a lot of matching camera movements, matching velocities. And a big thing that I was thinking about is, especially on the pre-chorus, having the cuts be really slow because it's very, like, a large, ethereal sound. It's just very, like, emotional in that moment. Once the chorus hits, it's like, we don't care. Like, we're just going to do, like, all kinds of random stuff. Literally kicks off that sequence where it's just chaos. And the cuts get a lot faster during the chorus for that reason.
1: Did someone throw away a teddy bear? Is that like symbolic of something? <laughs> Throwing away your childish your ways, and smoking some weed, and becoming an adult. Oh, this is your favorite shot right yeah,
2: here. this is my favorite shot. And so this is a point of the song where they're doing the pre-chorus, but all of the drums, everything is dropped out. And it's all this just emotional melody when you're a kid, you feel all these emotions, but then you also don't care and you do crazy things. And so this is the part where you're like feeling all these emotions. And this is a point where the director was like, I think you should just try to hang on these like slow motion shots that we we took. The discipline to not cut is like a much harder discipline to develop than to cut. And this is just a great example of how you can create more emotion by not cutting instead of cutting. They're just hanging out by a fire, goofing off. And this dude is like kind of in his own world when it's played slow motion at that part of the song it feels like chaos around him but he can still find some joy in this moment by himself we start to show like a lot of affection here because it's like these are kids that don't care but also they're like real humans at the same time that you know have feelings and have emotions and care about people even though they don't care you know it's it's kind of this weird emotional paradox so I don't know I just love the way it makes me feel
1: what a great breakdown Jordan. And what a great music video. It It
2: was fun. It It was a lot of fun.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Riverside.
2: Honestly, if you're not using Riverside for all of your virtual meetings, you're making a big mistake.
0: I've even been using it for consultations. As soon as we're done, I get to send them the entire recording. And not to mention the recording quality is freaking, it's good. Whereas other virtual meeting services can only do up to 720, Riverside can do 4K. Which is why we like to use it for podcasting. And we love it because it records each audio and video track
2: separately so that editing is such a breeze when we get into post.
0: Which means our editor can get started on
2: cutting it, Almost immediately. And even if you or your guest has absolute garbage internet, it doesn't matter.
0: Because remember that one time when we were in the hotel room? I mean, the call kept on jostling. I thought we lost it, but because Riverside records locally and then uploads, the call was perfect. And it's easy for the guests. They don't need to install anything. You just send them the link and you can start recording. It even says, like, roll out the red carpet. It's kind of of cool. Yeah, it makes me feel special. It makes me feel so special. If you're podcasting, creating video content, or recording online calls, then sign up to riverside.fm for free and use code editingpodcast for 20% off. And you can find that link in the description, and we'll see you back in the interview.
1: So, you're a YouTuber as well as a music video editor and a commercial editor and you've done a little documentary and Stuff like that. A little, little, bit little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. little sprinkles. But your heart is in YouTube right now from what I understand.
2: Absolutely. I'm learning that YouTube is amazing because of that creative freedom, but sometimes if you become a successful YouTuber or you, if your YouTube career becomes the way that you make money, Then it turns into a business and then it's, you know, not creative again. The most pure form of YouTube is when you make a video, you don't freaking care and you just publish it. I think that's the most attractive and I think the biggest draw that YouTube has. And so I'm really trying to get back to that. I really do want to make a new channel pretty soon where I just can make stuff and I don't care. And I don't care if it makes money. I don't care if anybody watches it. I just want to have a a place to create and then also, a place where somebody can watch it if they want to.
1: That's awesome. So yeah. different, different than your reaction. Completely channel. different.
2: It'll just be a, a way to creatively express. So I'll I'll, I'll make like many, many films there that are probably more like documentary vloggy style.
1: So why make a second channel? Why not just launch it on your other channel?
2: I think the big thing is the audience. So my primary channel right now, I break down music videos. And so you have lots of music fans. And then the biggest music videos in the world right now are K-pop music videos. And so they love their videos. They put so much effort and choreography and set design and cinematography into those videos. And K-pop fans are crazy about it. And so that's like my... Basically, that's my my whole audience. I think my current audience wouldn't appreciate the new kinds of films I want to make. They signed up to to get insights on editing, insights on K-pop, insights on storytelling. And so that's what I'm going to give them on that channel. And like I said earlier, I don't want to put the pressure of needing a video to perform well, I wanna leave it just like no strings attached, nothing.
1: I will say, I think your channel is very educational. I didn't go to film school and I feel like since watching your channel, I have all this vocabulary about editing I didn't know before. Like you slow things down, you're like, oh, and this is flutter cuts and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that was a, a word until even. you said <laughs> it. Um, and then you show how they work. And I I think it's very educational.
2: And as we have snare rolls building up to the drop, the editor don't introduces don't flutter don't cuts to match that sound.
1: And it's really fun because you get to listen to a really fun song usually right. while you learn, yeah. so.
2: Who doesn't love listening to some bops yeah. while you're just like learning about some editing.
1: You were a musician before you were an editor, right?
2: Yes. Oh, okay. I was. Tell me I about was.
1: that. Do they influence each other.
2: Oh, absolutely! Editing is also extremely musical in the sense that music not only has rhythm, but there's also a story to most songs. Like there's, it usually starts in a certain place and ends in a different place, and there's certain builds and there's structure to it. And I think storytelling and editing honestly act in a very similar way to the way that songs work, to the way that that music works overall. And it just helps when you're like shoot, why does this edit feel wrong? And then you know like, oh, it's because like the rhythm of it is a little bit off. Like if you hear a song and somebody's a little bit off timing, like it's going to feel wrong. Sometimes people can't, they don't know why. Like if you know, if you're a musician, you're like, oh, they're they're out of time right there. And so that's why it helps a little bit when you're editing. You're like, oh, this feels wrong because I feel like it's a little bit early or it's a little bit late. And you can just finagle it to get it where it feels delicious.
1: What contributes to that rhythm? Like let's say I'm a beginner editor, like is it just the shot duration? Is it also like they're doing a dance? Is it, you know, how she they does. tilt their head? Like what what contributes to this rhythm?
2: So literally everything. Kind of everything has inherent rhythm. The way that somebody speaks has an inherent rhythm to it, and that's a huge thing if you're editing anything with talking in it. Have you ever seen there's these like TikToks essentially that where drummers will just play to people like having a dialogue scene, and you can hear actually the rhythm of the dialogue and the way that people speak, where it speeds up and it slows down, or he emphasizes a word.
0: stress, Okay, I stumbled onto a major company conspiracy. How about that? Stress. What the hell are you talking about? This company is being bled like a stuck pig and I gotta paper chill Check this
2: out. And so you can start cutting different pieces of dialogue together. Even though you're making edits, it still flows because it maintains that rhythm that the dialogue has already set inherently. And then also there's visual rhythm, which is used a ton in music video editing where somebody moves or somebody blinks. And so rhythm is, all it is is a pattern and there's patterns everywhere. And so you just have to pick up on those patterns. And then when you're making an edit, when you're cutting two different clips together, just try to make sure that the pattern continues to flow instead of getting interrupted in some way.
1: I have the privilege of watching Hayden Hilliersmith smith edit, who is your Heck co-host. Heck yeah, he's
2: the best, bro. I love Hayden. Um,
1: I will watch him retime people's head tilts and blinks yes. and all of these little mannerisms yes. because he wants a specific rhythm. Can you maybe tell me more about, like, little tricks you can do to manipulate rhythm if maybe you don't have the one that you
2: want. An easy tip is to honestly cut on action. That's just like a normal editing, like a super easy basic tip. But lots of times when you cut on action, that rhythm is maintained. So if my hand is moving from here to here, and then I need to cut to a different angle of it, I'm still having the same amount of time of my hand moving and I'm maintaining continuity throughout it. That's just a super easy visual tip. For audio, like lots of times I'll honestly close my eyes and just listen to somebody talk. And so if I'm like cutting an interview together for a documentary, I'll hear somebody say, and this is what happened. That honestly creates a rhythm. Ba, ba, ba. That's just the, the tempo of it. And so the next thing should come in probably on, along that same tempo. So it's if it's ba, 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 ba. and that's just kind of the, the repetitive nature. And so if I'm editing something and I'm cutting two clips of audio together and it goes ba 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 that kind of sounds jarring all of a sudden instead of ba 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 that just sounds more musical more natural more organic and that's that's honestly the best way i can explain rhythm is just to, like how can you make it sound more natural Like natural is usually better.
1: You reminded me of like my choir teacher with the (laughs) the hand gesture talking about rhythm. It's quite common for editors to have a music background or a drumming background because you do have to have that timing and timing is everything. And for people that maybe struggle with timing, maybe they're like, I go to concerts. I can't clap on the beat. I don't have rhythm. What would you suggest they do to learn rhythm?
2: Honestly, I would just say, listen to a lot of music. I think that would be the, the biggest tip. Just listen to music and the more you listen to music, it'll just heighten your awareness of something that doesn't sound right. Because music is usually produced perfectly. The the tempo is set. It's a constant BPM. I would just listen to music and your, your radar for like, oh, that didn't feel right or sound right is just going to get better and better.
1: Can you break the rhythm
2: to create an effect? 100%. You know in those like YouTube videos, sometimes there's the explosion meme where it'll just like randomly come in or it's just like pff, like out of
0: nowhere. we all know what that means. That's right, it's that thing we do here at Weezy Studios
2: known as... So it? that's a great time to break the rhythm because you want it to be jarring. Or like maybe there's a scene and somebody's talking and then all of a sudden somebody gets shot.
0: Well, you gotta have an opinion. I mean, do you think that God came down from heaven and stopped... Oh, oh f*** up, man. Oh, it,
2: sh- It creates surprise and it creates like the feeling of like, whoa, what the frick? That mm. Why did that happen?
1: Thank you for all of this advice on rhythm. Of course, this is yeah. my
2: favorite thing to just nerd out about. I love rhythm. Did you know that running a YouTube channel is really hard?
0: We didn't. We've been podcasting for almost a year now, and it's like a startup life. And Creative Juice understands that making a creative business is messy and confusing. And they
2: found ways to make it as easy as possible with Juice Club. It's the ultimate
0: members-only community for creators like you and Hayden and I. Hello. Looking to level up their business. And here's all the perks that they will give you. Creator community, monthly ad sets, advances, unlimited bookkeeping, growth tools, and beta brand boosts too. As the creator economy continues to boom, most creators end up feeling isolated. I mean, literally, me and Jordan are in two completely different buildings and we're working together. Like, I haven't seen them in weeks. I miss you, bro. I miss you too, man. We need to hang out more. We do a good podcast. Hey, i miss you so much community and resources can be the difference between a creator burnout or growth you deserve financial tools and resources catered to your needs so if you want to join the juice club hit the link in the description and we'll see you in there do you like this music it makes footage like this feel gorgeous to watch and feel and it's easy to put in your videos with Track Club. It's a sound library that's disciplined and not bloating itself
2: with hundreds of thousands of tracks, but it only keeps the great ones that can complement your footage to feel like this.
0: We even use Track Club with our Pixar intro. The music's so good, it works with Pixar. I can even download the stems, throw them in a multicam and just start with the pianos and then slowly bring in each instrument myself. I have total control of how I want the music to play in my content. And if you want to keep it simple, you can even do it with MixLab. If
2: you want your content to feel as good as this, go ahead and hit the link in the description to get your free month of Track Club now. I
1: want to talk about music videos. What is your process as the editor? Do you listen to the song first? Do you see the footage first? Like, How do you get inspired to like get into the zone of creating this vision of both the director and also this artist with their song?
2: I always say that sound is like 70, 80% of what you experience. Experience when you're watching something online or, you know, anywhere. And so sound is already just a huge part of the art that you're gonna be creative. And it's the foundation. And so, yeah, I usually listen to that thing like two or three times, and I always close my eyes because it really helps me imagine what I might want to do. The director has their vision and they say, like, okay, I'm gonna shoot these things, and this is what the story is gonna be. But you as an editor, you're putting it together and you're Really creating how it feels, I like to say. I really am trying to capture the essence of what the song feels like. And then I'm going to inject those emotions into the edit. How can I either subvert the emotions or expand on the emotions that I'm feeling when I just listen to the song? Those are kind of the questions I, I ask myself. Maybe I'll write down a few ideas if I'm like, oh, at this point of the song, there was a really cool drum fill. So I'm going to do some like crazy fast cuts in a transition there just because it matches the music. And I know that would be a, a fun thing. If I'm struggling to feel inspired, like if I don't feel inspired, I'm like, ah, oh, I got to edit this thing. I don't know what to do. Then I'll honestly go on Vimeo, watch some staff picks, you know, watch some other like weird artsy music videos and be like... That was so cool. I'm going to try that on this project.
1: I think there might be a stereotype like, oh, to make a music video, I need to have the best equipment and the best software and and the best crew. Could you just make one for like $10 if you really wanted to?
2: You could make one for $0, honestly. Hayden just showed us a, like an example of where he used Midjourney to create just a little scene. You don't even need to shoot a music video. You could start, ty- you can start typing a music video. Like with AI, you could take whatever it spits out and start, you know, messing with it in editing software and start cutting it up and manipulating it. I think a big limit for editors used to be that they didn't have footage to edit. And now one advantage of AI is that you're going to be able to, to get footage pretty easily or get something to edit, something to work with. And music videos are, are so abstract where you could take anything that you have and just start manipulating it to create emotion to match a song. And boom, you have a music video.
1: As long as the story is good, right? Because right. you always talk about storytelling and, and how that can be very effective and Absolutely. as well as the song. Obviously, you want to have a good song. Maybe there's an indie artist out there watching that wants to make a, a music video, but they don't know how. What would you say to them?
2: Just. Go for it. Just take, take whatever emotion you're feeling or that you've put into your song and start to figure out. How can I express this visually? Or what do I see in my mind's eye when I listen to my song? That's pretty much how most directors come up with music video ideas. Lots of artists come up with their own music video ideas. And that's what I do right before I get to, to start editing a music video is just use your imagination and see what comes in there and then try to recreate that with whatever tools you have.
1: So what was the first music video you watched and you went, oh, so this is what music videos are?
2: Honestly, I think... My first one that like really got me inspired was Taylor Swift, Look What You Made Me Do.
0: do.
2: And we literally got to talk to the editor on the show, Chancellor Haynes, which was so cool. And so if you haven't seen that episode, definitely go check it out after this. But yeah, I was just like, this feels like a movie. A lot of the shots were static, but yet very cinematic. And so lots of times in music videos, a huge stereotype is to move the camera a lot all over the place like crazy. And I think it really showed the expertise that Joseph had to decide to not do that. And to still create the same amount of energy, the same amount of pizzazz with the editing and with other techniques. Because lots of times people will throw that camera on a steady cam, start flying it all over the place. And I think the, the way that, that Joseph used motivated camera movement and then insane editing choices that um, were very intentional. Lots of times you cut, like, why did you make that cut? I don't know. I think I felt like it needed more energy. And I feel like every single one of Joseph's and Chancellor's cuts had a motivation and had an intention and had a purpose and it just made the whole thing feel so masterful.
1: So obviously that's like gold standard of music videos. Yeah. What would be In your opinion, and you don't have to name any names, but like, what are some tropes you see in bad music videos?
2: It's really, really hard to make a bad music video. I always say that music videos is kind of like the abstract painting of filmmaking, where you can kind of do whatever the frick you want. There's no rules Yes. But if a song clearly has a story and you're not telling the story, I think uh, you've missed an opportunity there. Or if you're hanging on a shot for a super long time and, and nothing's changing, there's no progression in it. That's super unsatisfying to watch. And maybe you're doing that on purpose. Maybe the, the point is to make me uncomfortable and angry. And then like, great. That's awesome. That's a great art. But if you're doing it in a way where it doesn't make sense and I just hate it, then (laughs) that's how I feel about it. So I think it really comes down to making sure you have a goal with your music video. Like, what do I want the audience to feel and why? And what's the story of the song? And how can we tell that story in an amazing way? And if you can accomplish whatever it is you set out to do, then it's a good music video. If you set out a goal and you Missed the mark because you didn't understand how to use the tools of filmmaking that you had at your disposal, then you probably made a bad music video.
1: What I noticed that you like is a lot of meaning in why people cut and does it add to the effect that you're trying to create? Exactly. Correct me if I'm wrong.
2: Exactly. No, that's 100%. It.
1: How would you describe your editing? Because I have, I have some words having watched some of your videos, but I, I want to hear
2: you describe it. I just want to hear you. (laughs) I just want to hear what you have to say about it, because I honestly don't know. I just do what I like. I think my editing is very emotion and story based, kind of based on my answer. I go in like phases. It's kind of like when it's kind of like fashion or a way to express yourself, where it's like, oh, I am feeling like I want to wear something really colorful today, and so you go and do that. And that's honestly how it is when I'm editing a music video, like on different days I'm going to edit the music video completely different because of how emotional and expressive it is and so I might be like oh I, wanna, I want this to look really cool and like awesome and so that'd be like me wearing like a really edgy f- like cool outfit but sometimes I'm like oh man I feel kind of like sad and so or I feel kind of like, I just want this to be very minimalistic and simple. So that'd be like me wearing a monochrome outfit and thinking that's really cool. So it's honestly like whatever I think is cool at the time. And so if you could look through my body, you could look through my body of work and be like, oh, Jordan liked this at this time and Jordan liked this at this time. And it would change over time. So
1: what a great answer. I liked that you used the word cool because I watched your portfolio and I was like, this guy's way cooler than me. Oh my I God. cannot <laughs> describe it, but your editing is just so cool and chic. And whatever you're doing, it's working. You have great taste. So, artists, if you want to look cool AF, (laughs) hire Jordan. No, like seriously, that means a lot. After this interview, go on his portfolio and watch his stuff. It's just so chic. I don't know how else to describe it. It's like as chic as a perfume commercial. Which, by the way, you'd make a great perfume commercial. That's another perfume
2: commercial. That's another abstract art. Yeah. yeah.